What's up, everybody? You're probably like, who in the world is this? My name is Shane. How's everybody doing this morning? I'm your special speaker this morning. Come on. How's everybody doing today? Good. Come on. I, I'm, I'm better known around ENC as Rose's pastor. So that's, that's my... That's my name, Rose's pastor. So my name is Shane. I'm a, I'm a associate pastor at Ambassadors Church of the Nazarene in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Any Rhode Islanders here? Nice. The quiet ones. It's all right. And, uh, but I also lead a young adults ministry called The City in Cambridge, Massachusetts on Friday nights. A couple of you guys have been there. Awesome. So you guys should come through sometime on a Friday night if you're not doing anything. But I am so honored to be here with you this morning and to share God's word for a few moments. Can we give it up for Hallowood B one more time? Those voices, though? Them vocals, though? Come on. Those vocals. Goodness gracious. So we're going to go into God's word this morning. Thank you, Stretch. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm kind of surrounded by, by stuff here. Uh, Mark chapter 2 is where we're going to read this morning. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to read it. So if you could just listen into God's word. It says, he went out. This is verse 13 of Mark 2. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And he reclined at a table in his house. Many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for how good you are. Thank you, God, for ENC. And Lord, I pray this morning that your word would reach open hearts and open minds, that we would leave here changed and better off than when we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. amen. Come on, say Amen. So let's be honest here this morning. How many of you have ever been in a public situation where you meet up with somebody that knows you, but you have no idea who they are? No clue. No idea who they are. I mean, like, they are, they are talking to you like you guys have been biffs forever. I mean, they, they, they know you. They start asking about your family. They start asking about, you know, your, your work, your school, how you've been doing. Good to see you again. And in your head, you're kind of just going through your circles of people. Like, where in the planet do I know this person from? Is it from my school circle? My and I'm K-Verdians. Any K-Verdians in the house? None. Great. One. So, so I'm K-Verdian, and, and chances are, like, that person could very well be your cousin. So, like, if, if you, so you, you have, like, this decision that you have to make in that moment is you, you have two options in that situation. You, you can say, you know, like, like, you just fake it till you make it. Just kind of go through the conversation and, and hope that, you know, just you can get out of the situation. Or number two, you can risk making it awkward, and, and, and ask the question, you know, where, where, do, I, where do we know each other? And, uh, and, and you can kind of risk making it, you know, super awkward, and you may very well lose that friendship. But I've been there several times. So recently, I was at CVS, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to register and check out, and, and, and the guy behind the counter says, Pastor, great word on Sunday. And I'm like, I have never seen this guy 
in my life. So do, do I, so, 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 I mean, obviously, I, he knows me from church, so praise God. I, I, and, and that's what I said. I pulled out my Christian pastor answer. Praise the Lord, brother. So glad that you were there. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. And uh, so I checked out, and he's like, see you Sunday. And I'm like, see you Sunday. So that next Sunday, I'm looking out for this guy that was the, the cashier at CVS. And, and there's that moment. We've, we can all relate to that moment where we're called out by somebody in public that we have no idea who they are, but they know us apparently. And that's exactly what's going on in Mark chapter 2 when Jesus is calling his disciples. And, and he had already called, you know, Peter, Andrew, James, John, these guys that were fishermen. But there's this guy named Levi or Matthew that is behind his tax collector booth. And Jesus calls out to this, this guy, Matthew, in the middle of, of this public place and says, Levi or Matthew, follow me. And, and, and so the, the guy leaves his tax collecting booth and begins to follow Jesus. Now, for us to understand how important this is, we have to remember that tax collectors were not the most liked people of the time. My mom works for the IRS, so she's kind of like the modern day tax collector. But so I kind of I preach this word at our church and, and I remind like these are these people are not liked. Because number one, people nobody likes to give money to the government. Can I get amen? First time you get yourself a paycheck and you see how much money gets taken out, it will make anybody upset. So, so it, it, the, the, money is, the money is taken out, so nobody likes giving money to the government. But second off, this wasn't just any government. This was the government of Rome. These were the, the people who were in charge over the, the, the land of God. These people were seen as oppressors. And so not only was he a man who, who gave money to the government, but he was now seen as a traitor because he worked for an oppressive government. And not only was he a traitor or viewed as a traitor, but this man, Levi, Matthew, he was a, a, a guy who we can assume took more money than was actually owed to the Roman government. That's what tax collectors did. So they got rich off of the backs of other people. So this guy was not well liked in his circle and, and Jesus calls out in the middle of this public place and says to this tax collector, follow me and Matthew leaves his tax booth and begins following Jesus. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I, and I, I'm thinking about it because have you ever been, remember gym class back in school when they would have the two team captains and they would start choosing teams. I, I'm not a sports guy. I don't know if I, I, I just, that's not, I, I wasn't born with that skill. The girl over here on the drums apparently does everything. She plays the drums, she does <laughs> soccer. She, there you are. That's not me. I can, I can preach a little bit, but that's about it. But, but so back in the day, I hated that moment in gym class where they would start choosing teams because I was the last kid. Last kid. Like, it was either me or the kid that was a little bit more dorky than me. You know what I mean? Like, it was just that moment where, you, am I going to be chosen first? And I think about it like this. Jesus is choosing his squad. And you would think that he would choose people that, you know, at least were religious. At least knew, you know, the word. Like, if you're going to choose yourself a team, you got to choose people that at least are good. And here comes Jesus, and he's choosing his, his, his squad, his group, that is going to follow him and learn from him and, and be around him for the next three years of ministry. And he chooses a tax collector. He doesn't choose somebody that even, like, even non-believers would say this guy is not a good guy. 
Like, you know those people that are so jacked up, so messed up, that even people that don't believe are like, yeah, that, that, that dude's no good. That's exactly what's going on when Jesus is choosing his disciples, and he chooses a guy like Matthew. Now, now picture a meet and greet. Y'all just started class this, this, a couple weeks ago, right? So there's that first day of class, and a lot of professors do this, and I always hated this thing. It's when they make everybody go around and start saying who they are, where they're from. I, I always hated that little exercise. I get it. I get the point of it, but I never liked it. So imagine the meet and greet of the disciples. After Jesus has chosen his squad, they're sitting down for the first meal, and they're like, all right, Jesus says, we're going to go around, state your name, where you come from, what you did prior to this, and why you're here. I always hated that question in class, why you're here. I'm here because I need the credit. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Facts. Very factual. First, Peter. My name is Peter, fisherman, former fisherman. I'm here because Jesus told me to come. Thank you, Peter. Next, Andrew. My name's Andrew, fisherman, former fisherman now. I came because I got sucked into this. I came because Jesus called me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Andrew. Next, James. James, fisherman, former fisherman. I came because Jesus called me. Don't know why I'm here. I came for the food. <laughs> John. My name's John, fisherman, former fisherman. I came because my brother came. <laughs> Next. Matthew. Hi, my name is Matthew. I'm a tax collector. <laughs> Silence falls over the room, and in everybody's mind, everybody is turning to Jesus and giving him the mean mug, like, how could you have chosen this guy? There's evidence to suggest that fish were taxed in the time of Jesus. So it's very possible that Matthew stole money from people like Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And all of a sudden, Jesus has these people who everybody said should be enemies, and he brings them to the same table and says, let's introduce ourselves. It, it's crazy how Jesus came not to just fix the relationship between God and man, but to repair the relationship between mankind and mankind. And he invites everybody to the table, regardless of background and regardless of status and regardless of reputation, and says, okay, let's come to the table, let's introduce ourselves, and let's eat together. Isn't it crazy that in the kingdom of God, you can have Peter, a fisherman, and, Ju uh, and, and Judas, the betrayer, and Peter, the denier, and Matthew, the tax collector, all at the same table, and Jesus says, let's eat together. This morning, I have three quick things that I just want to tell you right off the bat, real quick, and then I'll be gone so that you can get about your day. But number one is this, that all are welcome at the table. All, I brought my preacher towel because I sweat, all are welcome at the table. You know, in, in growing up in church, I grew up nazi. So I, I come from a long line of Nazarenes. Anybody in the house with me on that? All right, there's some of us, we're, we're there. So I, there's this church culture sometimes that determines people's worth or value by how many years they've clocked into church life. 
Well, my, and I, and I could use this, my grandfather was a Nazarene missionary for 40 years. My great-grandfather was a, was a Nazarene pastor. My dad is a Nazarene. I have Nazarene credentials in my blood. And all of a sudden we start playing this game of who has more value or whose reputation is better based off of where they came from or what they've done with their life or where they went to school and, and where they work. And, and here's the thing, in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as reputation because all are welcome at the table and all are invited to the table. Everybody's invited. Everybody. Have you ever had that awkward moment? This usually happens after church in my church. I don't know why we do this, but there's always like that person that's having a party, but nobody knows who else is invited. So we're all asking each other, what are you doing after church? But you don't know if you want to say you're going to a party because you don't know if they were invited. So it's really awkward. Here's the thing with the kingdom of God. Everybody's invited. Everybody's invited to the party. Tell your neighbor you're invited. Why did one person say it? Tell your neighbor you're invited. But number two, number two is this. In the kingdom of God, we are called into fellowship with people that are radically different than us. Only in Christ can a fisherman and a tax collector sit at the same table. Only in Christ can a betrayer like Judas, a denier like Peter, and the Lord himself, Jesus, sit at the same table. Only in Christ can we, a community like ENC, have people from all different kinds of backgrounds and languages and cultures, but at the day's end, we come together under the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what I love about the kingdom of God. It looks very different when it varies from person to person, but there is one unifying factor, and that unifying factor is the name and the power of Jesus Christ. And that's it. But number three is this that the kingdom of God looks very different than a lot of us assume. We have our picture of what the kingdom should look like, and usually we make the, the kingdom look like ourselves. We start building the kingdom in our image, and we think, well, this is what the church should look like and sound like and be like, and, and these are the songs I want, and this is how I want the preacher to preach, and, and this is the way I want the, my church to work, and we build the kingdom of God in our image. And here's the thing. God said, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are not out to build a church that looks like us. We are out to church, build a church that looks like Jesus. And so it looks like a table that has a, a betrayer like Judas, and a a denier like Peter and a, and a tax collector like Matthew and it has all these different people at the table and Jesus says this is what the kingdom of God looks like so throw out your assumptions of whatever you thought the kingdom of God was like and start to recognize the fact that all are welcome at the table and that presents its fair share of complications and that presents its fair share of issues but what is beautiful about it is that Jesus is building his church and we get to be a part of it because we get a seat at the table. Before I was in full-time ministry I spent about a year as a substance abuse counselor. So I worked with heroin addicts, cocaine addicts in recovery at a methadone clinic. And there was this one woman who, who was a client at this clinic 
who absolutely hated me. And I, she wasn't even my client. I'm like, girl, you don't even know me. Like, you don't know where I come from. You don't know my name. Like, she just, she saw me and she hated me. So every day that she would see me at the clinic, she would, you know, she would curse at me. She would make, she would, I mean, like, she would find something to say to me. And I was always trying to, you know, you know those moments where you just got to keep your mouth shut because you got nothing nice to say. Just, just don't say it at all. So that was, that was me. I just, I just couldn't respond to this lady. So I, I ended up leaving that job. I was now in full-time ministry at the church. We were doing a, a program of donations for refugees. And the day came for us to drop off our donations to this center in Providence. And so as I'm pulling up to the building, I get to the door of this, this place that we're going to drop off the donations. And there's this woman standing at the door. And she stares at me for like four seconds. And we stare at each other for about four or five seconds, which in silence, that feels like a very long time. And we just stare at each other, and I say to her, do I know you from somewhere? And she says, yes, you do. I say, what, from where? Where do, where do I know you from? And she says, I can't really say. And then that said everything. And then it rushed back into my memory the way this lady had treated me at that clinic. The way she would curse at me, the way she would just, like a, a true-to-life bully, an adult bully, like it, it, that's what it was like. And so I dropped off the stuff and then she said, I'm gonna walk you out. And as she walked me out of the building, she said, I'm very sorry for the way I treated you. She, she asked then, what are you doing now with, with, with your life? I said, I'm a pastor. And then she was taken aback and she said, well, if I had known you were a pastor, Isn't that funny that sometimes we treat people based on things we don't know? We would have treated somebody different had we known. And she said, had I known you were a pastor, I wouldn't have talked to you the way I did. And I turned to the lady and I said, no harm done. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad to see you're working at a good cause. God bless you. And she said, I'll see you soon. And that was the end of the conversation. But to me, that was a picture of the kingdom of God. A person who mistreated me, a person who, in my estimation, deserved resentment. But the kingdom of God always comes back around and puts you at the same table with people that the world says should be your enemy. And he gives you an opportunity to demonstrate the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And so imagine if I had mistreated that lady when she mistreated me. And then I meet her months later and she asks me, well, what do you do? And I'm a pastor. Imagine what kind of testimony that would have been if I had mistreated her in a moment that I had every right to mistreat her because she mistreated me. But thankfully, that testimony wrapped all the way back around and that story came full circle and I was able to express forgiveness, not because it was something that I, well, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy, but in, the, in my spirit, I knew in the same measure that God has forgiven me, I'm called to forgive others and God puts us all at the table with people that should be our enemies and that is the kingdom of God. So the kingdom looks very different than what a lot of us assume. And this morning, ENC, I want to leave you with one word is that everybody is welcome at the table. ENC is a diverse student body with people from all over the country, all over the world, Nazarenes and non-Nazarenes. But at the end of the day, what unites us is the person that has invited us to the party. 
the one who has invited us to the table. What unites us is not our skin color, our culture, our background, our zip code. What's you, what unites us is the blood and the person of Jesus Christ. And that blood and that name will never lose its power. Let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning for how good you are. Thank you that you have invited us to the table and that through you, God, all are welcome. Thank you that there is nothing exclusive about this party, this celebration, other than the exclusive lordship of Jesus Christ. And this morning we celebrate the fact that all of us get to be a part of this story that you are writing. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunities to welcome other people in. Give us opportunities to be the hands and the feet of Jesus so that we can leave your mark on this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Shane. ENT community, would you stand with me? You are the beloved sons and daughters of God. Let us live together today as the beloved community. Would you sing with me? Praise God from whom all bless.